Hello, my name is Jacob Miranda, a social psychologist and assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at California State University, East Bay. And I'm Cassie Witt, a social psychologist and assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at Eastern Kentucky University. Together, we are the hosts of Corrupting the Youth, a podcast about the teaching of psychology. If you love psychology, education, or both, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, hello, hello again, folks. We're back again, again. We are. Cassie, we're starting the fall. Last time we recorded, it was the end of the spring semester, right as summer was starting. It's true. Yeah, so I recently edited what will become the very first episode of season three, which was actually recorded in like March of 2023. So like in the show notes, I'm like, you know, we we're talking about like you passing your dissertation defense, which happened months ago now at this That's point. That's wild. It really is. Um, but I think we're both like very excited one for the semester to start um and spoiler if you like haven't listened to um at this point episode one of season three or um our new episode zero introducing ourselves you at least heard the new intro that we recorded so you know that we're both at new institutions this fall both in new assistant professor positions so a lot has happened um right so we're very excited for fall semester to start but we're also excited to Finally, hopefully, we promise, we swear this time. Have a more- <laughs> Listen, just give me one. Give us one more chance. Yeah, we'll we be promise, good this time. We, swear. we promise we're gonna have a more consistent posting schedule. Um, and so we have, you know, we're we're using our skills that we have developed as uh, perpetual students to organize ourselves and come up with, you know, an outline. Um, of like our episodes this season. So some good stuff to come more regularly. Cass and I sat down. We're like, all right, we need to have a backlog. We need to actually have our whole season planned out ahead of time of what we're going to be talking about. And so we're being a lot more deliberate. I think it got to the point where I was like, what if I were my own student? And I kept promising like, I'm going to have this done. Like I'm going to post something in two weeks. And then six months went by. Um, I would be so disappointed. Um, You'd be so, so disappointed. But you know, so I have a question for you though in that regard. Then, because yeah. you know, we I think we've had students like that where, like, as a teacher, we will try to like provide clear directions. We'll try to provide scaffolding. We'll try to provide them all the support, right? And then, like at the end of the semester, you know, time goes around, and they're like, "All right, time to you know provide some feedback to you as a teacher." And student mm-hmm. was like, "You know what?" Dr. Witt didn't help me at all. She was never on focus. I'm not sure. Just a random thought I had. Maybe a little bit of a segue of what do you do when you get some student feedback where you're like, wait, this feedback is actually just generally question. What is student feedback? What What is it good for? What is it used for? That's a beautiful sure. segue, Jacob. Too ham-fisted? I was like, yeah, yeah, we can spend 10 minutes talking about our lives. And then I'm just like, yeah, I thought okay. we were going to do updates. Um, <laughs> All so. right, placeholder. Well, thank you for providing me for that feedback. I'll put a pin on it for now, and I may or may not revisit it. Um, yes, 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 updates. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of updates. I know we kind of talked about it, I guess, five months ago. <laughs> we're like, where we're going. But it's so cool to actually like be here in California, be here in the Cal State system. I never realized, and I should have realized, but just like how much prep work there is to like really sit down and be like, how does one start a lab (laughs) fresh, right? And now I'm like, oh, I have money to pay RAs. Usually I have to get like volunteers. I have like a supportive community here. And there's just also all those strings of collaborators that I left in Alabama and elsewhere. And they're like, hey, we still exist. Hey, you're still working with me. Um, So I don't know. It's an interesting like meld of like the old and the new. Um, mm-hmm. it's stressful right now, but I think when the semester gets going, I'm going to be so excited. Like, I think it's going to be a very enjoyable semester. Yeah. I have no doubt that you will be doing some outstanding work this semester. Um, it definitely can be though overwhelming. Uh, so I have gone through, I guess this once before, like starting, um, my position where I was last year, 
Um, but like going through like new faculty orientation again so soon we're like and I, we were talking about this earlier like HR like okay here are these benefits packages like pick your health insurance plan retirement plans are mandatory like what All do you want to do oh I also have an existential crisis every time I have to like make my life insurance um selections and stuff where I'm just like I'm never gonna die what are you talking about <laughs> Your universities are fat. I'm still waiting to get through all that stuff, but my orientations are starting on Monday, but I think you just had yours this week. Yeah. Yeah. I had four days of orientation last week. So my semester starts on August 14th and yours starts the 21st. Yep. Let me, let me ask your advice live, Cassie, and then people can tell me if it's good. So I'm teaching. I'm going to edit my answer out. (laughs) I'm teaching two courses and they're the same course. And so that's starting on August, the week of the 21st. Okay. Here's the thing, though. One of my classes is Tuesday, Thursday. So on their week when they're going to have two lectures, but the other class is Monday, Wednesday. Mm. But if Monday's not a school day, that means they're only going to have an opportunity for one lecture. So do I give the class that's supposed to have two days, two lectures off, a day off? Or do I run the whole semester where they're just going to be like one lecture apart? And so like one class will always be one lecture ahead of the other. Do they meet together at the end? Like you still cover the same content? That's my plan, right? It's the exact same course of learning, the exact same content. But I'm saying, do I teach like for the same week, the exact same lectures? Or will there always be a class that's like one week ahead of time? Or like, you know, one lecture ahead of time? That's probably what I would do. Where like one class is just ahead of the other. That's unfortunate though, that you have it like- different days yeah because I've taught multiple sections of the same class before but like on the same days like it's a Monday Wednesday Friday class and I just have two sections no two classes but they're each on their unique um parent days I think as long as you're covering the same like what so one class is just going to be like your your guinea pig class right like you test (laughs) you test a lecture out on them and then like if it doesn't work very well or like an activity flops you can edit it for the second class exactly and be like thank you yeah. so <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to let advice. them know that they listen to this like that mother effort i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> guess told what me too. <laughs> cassie told me to unless you know she edits her answer out then i'll make me look really bad <laughs> yeah all right cassie mm. we have a topic today we do we have a topic we have all the topics planned for fall semester actually but today is we special. do it's focusing on instructor evaluations what are they? What are they good for? And a whole host of other questions. You and I were like really sitting down and being like, what do we think about these, right? I would start off with what are they? They're important for administrative decisions. <laughs> and so yeah. like just a, not a proper definition, but the first mm-hmm. thing is, is why should we, should we even care about them in the first place? It's because they are part of, if you're on a probationary period, right? Or if you're just an instructor, sure. if an institution is keeping you, they will look at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big part of like most tenure and promotion requirements, right? Like your, your committee is going to be looking at your student evaluations inevitably. I mean, if you want to apply for like any sort of teaching award or like teaching grant or something like that, your student evaluations are probably going to be asked for. Um, And we even talked about them in like earlier episodes for this season, um, right? Where we talk about our experiences on the job market when crafting a teaching uh, dossier, true, true, your true. student evaluations that you get when you are a graduate student instructor, or you know, if you're like fresh on the job market, um, those play play a pretty big role, I think, in like getting a job interview. No, I think so that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely are important. So yeah, I you know I made the argument like they're important. Like when you have the job, you're making the argument like, listen, even to get the job, it's going to be part of the application. Yeah. And then on. Beyond like administrative decisions, there's also just like for people, I'm assuming, who would listen to this type of podcast, people who are interested in like being better teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can argue like one of the biggest parts of getting that student feedback, it's all right, my students are telling me something of my areas. Ideally, if the process works well, what can yeah. I draw from this personally yeah. or professionally? Whatever I guess we'd say, but at the heart of what a teaching evaluation is supposed to be, is it's supposed to be an area to suggest growth in your, in your teaching, right? Like you said, if it's being used correctly, um, right? Like it's not really meant to be like a space, I think though, 
maybe some students might think it is like a, a space for students to just like drag you, right? Ideally, it's going to function as a place of like constructive feedback where like you can take what your students are saying and sort of adjust your classes or or your pedagogy as necessary. Definitely. And with all that being said, the validity and reliability of these teaching evaluations is often called into question and has been called into question for decades. And so I like to think of uh, teaching evaluations because we're saying like teaching evaluations, but they go by like many, many names, right? So in Alabama, they're called SOIs, the Student Opinion of Instructions. I don't even know what they're called here at my current institution. I'm going to find out at the end of the semester. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, same. They're called SETs, right? Student Evaluations of Teaching, Students' Opinion of Teaching Effectiveness, Students' Evaluation of Faculty. Sometimes it's not even like some universities don't focus on like the instructor or the teacher, but it's like overall course evaluation. It usually happens within like last two weeks, I would say of a semester or quarter, right? So they try to give that wiggle room. And ideally, so like before we maybe go into like issue, potential critiques of them, in an ideal world, right, they're supposed to tap into your teaching ability, right? Like if all the students are saying something, the same thing, and you're getting five out of fives, right? That that should distinguish you from if students rate a different structure at three out of five, right? Like there's this underlying ability of right. teaching effectiveness, right? It's supposed to talk about, it shouldn't really be influenced by things that don't matter, right? Right. So my gender, or your gender really shouldn't be a role right. to play. The color of our skin shouldn't really be a role to play. Ideally, it should be predictive of actual student learning outcomes, right? So if teacher, or if teachers get a rating of five out of five stars, 110% love the person, right? Maybe the what should translate to it's students are doing well on tests and students are passing very well and right and students are picking up pragmatic skills that they can then demonstrate. Does that sound about right? Student evaluations, I I think, at least in my experience, have like sorts of standardized sets of questions like, was the instructor prepared for class? Like, how much did you learn on a scale of like one to five? Like, did your was do you perceive your, the grading system to be fair? Like, does your professor treat you with respect? Right. So, like, these are pretty common, I think, across most teaching evaluations at I would say most higher ed institutions. Um, and then there's like always a space where students can like type in like open comments. Um, and so, I would imagine, especially for like early career people which we always assume is our audience. Like if you are a grad student or an early career person, maybe you don't have a lot of experience yet actually teaching, but you probably have experience like filling out teaching evaluations like as a student. I don't know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, think that, I think that pretty much like captures like what a student, student evaluation is sort of the purpose of a student evaluation. But then that raises the question, right? So in a semester, they give it to you anonymously, right? Maybe you have mm -hmm. to wait an additional week after finals week before you actually get released these responses. Right. And there you go. You have some Likert skills. You might have some averages, right? So like some mean scores. Right. Some universities will just give you like, what is your aggregate score for you as an instructor? Mm -hmm. Some universities will actually give you like comparative measures. So UA was pretty good on this, but even here mm -hmm. in this institution, they do a bit differently. But sometimes they'll give you the average of your instruction for this particular class in this particular semester. Right. Sometimes they'll say, here's your department's overall mean or course rating. And sometimes one step forward, here's university-wide. And so that's one information that you can use. Again, mm -hmm. so you have these averages and then you have like these comments, these anonymous comments. So I have a right. question for you, Cassie. Okay. What do you focus on? Like, what do you decide to focus on? Um, It's not really a decision. Um, I usually focus on the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. True. Speak, queen. Speak. Um, <laughs> Too real. And, yeah. I think this is a very common experience for like many teachers is it's like I can have like, let's say I have 20 students in a class and this would never happen, but all 20 students fill out the teaching evaluation and 19 of them are just like glowing, like talking about how wonderful their experience in the class is. And then I have one student who was like, I hated this class. Like I hated Cassie, like can't stand it. I've never had a student say they hate me before. Um, but you know, like, it's just like, it's not, it's not praise. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's the one that sticks with you. And it's, it sucks that it's like that. It, it sucks like that our brains often work that way where we just like hold on to the negative. What do you do about but, that? Like, do you catch yourself when you're like, like, do you tell yourself, I know I'm focusing on negative and like do something about it? Or you're just like, I'm only human. So, and it's like, I mean, okay. So I try to like focus on the fact that the sample size of people saying negative things about me and their experience in the class, like truly negative, not like constructive feedback. Like I think this lecture needed some work or like this assignment had confusing instructions or I didn't like the textbook, right? Like that can all be helpful information, right? But where a student's just like, I didn't like her. I didn't enjoy this class. Like I thought it was a waste of my time, right? Like those kinds of comments, I'm like, okay, there's one person saying, whereas like I have multiple other like very, very positive evaluations of me. So I think trying not to like internalize and focus so heavily on the bad stuff is just like important for your sanity. Something else that I like often will do is like try to like force myself to laugh at it. So like if a student says like something super outlandish, like I know like we have shared like negative comments we've gotten back on student evaluations and it's just like, whoa, I can't believe a person said that to me, like LOL. But sometimes, you know, you'll get student feedback that like can feel like really negative, can feel really bad, but I think can actually be really useful, right? So if someone is like, her tests suck, like, I mean, I don't really use tests anymore, uh, but like, let's say that I did. So it's like, oh, her tests were all like so hard and like, it made me hate my life. And I have multiple students <laughs> saying that I'm like, oh, okay. There seems to be like a theme here. So like, if you're getting like feedback, try not to focus on the students who are like, I hate you or like, I hate your class or this is a waste of time, but rather like focus on like picking out different themes Um, and don't just pick out themes where maybe you need work. Like, I I think it's also important to recognize like themes that identify your strengths as well. Right. So like, I will often Mm -hmm. get like student comments where it's like, Cassie, like really connected with me and like, like the relationship part, like between like student and teacher is like something I spend so much time, like trying to develop in my classes. And I, I have students highlight that. Um, And again, like thinking about the administrative decisions that these teaching evaluations often inform, right, it's, I think it's helpful for you to be able to pick out the themes that identify your strengths too, because like when you're making an argument for why you should be promoted to associate professor and get tenure, you know, there's like kind of this evidence that you can provide like using that student feedback that you got in your evals. I absolutely love that, because often when we like hear feedback, right? Or someone's providing you feedback, we're all too eager to find like, all right, what's wrong, right? What did I do wrong? And very rarely do we're like, what did I do right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that. Cause like even as you're saying, oh, look for themes. I'm like, oh yeah, look for themes of so, like what well, you did bad. I'm like, eh. Um yeah. and, and it's very uh, helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think one question I have for you, like thinking about the feedback is though, like, what what do you do when you get conflicting feedback? So like say that you have a student who is like, I loved this assignment. It was so helpful for me. But you have another student in the comments saying like, I hated this assignment that Dr. Miranda gave. And like, it was a waste of my time. There's things I immediately thought of like what I don't want to do, but I've seen others do. No no mm-hmm. shade to anybody else. And I'm not even thinking of like a particular person in mind. It's more of like this just general. I've heard mm-hmm. faculty, not even our own, like at conferences. Once at a random Starbucks, apparently I ran into like two professors um, based off their conversation, definitely wasn't eavesdropping, but like mm-hmm. they kind of had the sentiment of students don't know what they're talking about. And so just don't listen to the feedback whatsoever. So, yeah. and and they'll often, and I'm thinking of this like star, Starbucks conversation, like one of the points I remember very iconically saying, it's like one student's telling me this thing, the other student's telling me the exact opposite. So, you know what? I'm just not going to listen to any of it. They don't know what they really want, I, I, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, just kind of come. 100% dismissing students. Yeah. It's, eh. again, there was real critiques of the student evaluations, but I don't think it should be completely dismissed. And you're like, well, yeah. And I even have an example of that. I think it's like on my uh, Rate My Professor, where I think there's like six ratings. Uh, I'm not a very popular instructor, only six, <laughs> sad life. But like five of them will often talk about like how I use on grading or I use an unconventional teaching style, right? Yeah. And it's like five out of fives. And then like, 
the one the the one like in the red right i think they gave me like a two out of five was very much uh this person does ungrading and they have an unconventional teaching style. like the exact same verbiage right like literally it, it wasn't like a quite, quite copy and paste but like it was the exact same reasons that the other five out of six like loved it and again this isn't from like my sois it's like from rate my professor but it's right. like ah like I, I see that and I'm like, there's just going to be some students who just don't like what you're doing and the majority will do. And I think yeah. to answer your question more directly, because sometimes I ramble. So even if a student didn't like what I was doing and the majority of students didn't like what I was doing. And the example I had in mind is if you're having like a writing course, a W course, right? And a lot of feedback is he gave us papers to write. I didn't like write. And a lot of students don't like writing. But is it actually serving a purpose, right? You could still think about like, all right, this still needs to be done. Maybe how can I increase student engagement with it? I think would be like, essentially my answer is for like a deep reflection, right? One thing that a feedback that I got that I had to like deeply reflect on is you and I have talked about like attendance before, right? And like requiring attendance or not. I would say probably the most consistent feedback I got as far as like a critique or area improvement goes is that I actually have majority of students saying, I actually wish that you did require attendance or like have some points attached to it. Right. And I've gone that in, I think over half the courses I've taught and it got to a point where I'm like now thinking of like, well, I don't want attendance to be the end all be all. And I still don't Mm -hmm. want to like hold students hostage and like punish them if they don't show. Mm -hmm. but if there's this large like i had to like think about like am i doing this just because like why am i doing this is it because of um oh i can't think of the words as i'll word um there we go am i just doing this because of like my own dogmatism right like of this like i already settled that i'm not ever gonna do attendance blah 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 and so but um and i'm considering that and i'm not going to now include like an attendance element Mm-hmm. Which again, most people like that's their start off, but like for me, it's like in the right. other direction, right? Same, um, yeah. Because I think you did something similar, like with assignments, where you're like, no required assignments, and you're like, okay, so maybe some baby assignments, right? Like there's still some points attached, and mm-hmm. still having the mindset that the points are biased and they don't represent student learning. But like, right. if it makes students feel better, right, to have that point attached, if it makes them, even if it's the illusion of points, gets them to actually engage with it because you know they're obsessed with points. Then yes, they're actually they like learning the materials that you want them to. Yeah. I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts? Like th- those are things I think of like in my own pedagogy of because we always talk like pedagogy is something you're constantly trying to improve. Yeah. And like this is me currently like wrestling with, and each semester this is probably gonna happen of like, am I doing what's right? And now I have a new student population with new needs. That's true. Right? Yeah. So like these are just things yeah. going on in my mind. I think that's an excellent point to bring up, maybe not directly related to course evaluations, but you're probably going to have to adapt the way you approach your classes based on where you are teaching. I'm coming to Eastern Kentucky University now. And when I went through new faculty orientation last week, they like gave us some statistics on like what the incoming class looks like. And so for me, like teaching like intro to psychology, for example, which is a very popular gen ed class, like that's very relevant information. Like inevitably, I'm going to have quite a few freshmen in my intro to psych class. Um, But they were saying like 50% of our incoming class, first gen students, Um, 49% of our incoming class Pell Grant eligible, right? So like these are like really important things, I think, to think about in, in your approach, right? So like usually statistics like that imply that these students like might need to be taught like certain college readiness skills whereas like you know when we were teaching at Alabama definitely you know half of the incoming class each year was like not Pell Grant eligible or like first-gen college students Mm. um, right a very very different kind of population Um, so the attendance thing is like something I've been thinking about you know like for these students like maybe having that right that sort of like strictness of like you need to come to class for some points every day will be like important for helping them develop that sort of like yeah I need to go to class every day um understanding but not that you have to go to well you don't have to go to class every day for some students you know you can show up once a week and like be okay um but I think can I make a confession Cassie I have a confession yeah Yeah. Yeah. so as an undergrad I was a very bad undergrad also oh, I know this already. I, you already know yeah. what I'm about to say. Um, I yep. think for the vast majority of my underclasses, because my instructors would read from a PowerPoint, 
and nothing they would cover would actually like, be unique, right? Because then they would just like use the textbooks, pre-existing tests to create their own tests, right? I mean, I don't think I showed up, especially for like my first two years, my freshman, sophomore year, yeah. to like, unless I can think of one or two courses where I showed up every day because the instructor was that amazing. But I don't think I showed up to like 90%. Like I showed up, I was yeah. the student that showed up syllabus day to find out what's going on, show up during test day, like a midterm, and show up during mm-hmm. finals and just never attend a lecture. And you See, know what I, I got? I had a high GPA and I was like, I why am did. I going to spend my time? A bad, bad student. Well, I, I don't think, know. Is it a bad student? Because like my I feedback. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I, I mean, I also feel like it's kind of bad. See, I was the student where in undergrad, I skipped class three times. Oh, I you entire, actually have the exact number. Damn. I was that undergraduate student. I just felt so guilty skipping class. I mean, I just can't explain it. I, For me, I couldn't feel guilty because I felt like the instructor wasn't respecting my time. So that's <laughs> not too I much post rationalization. I, I get it. I get it. I think it was like I was like just I got a full ride to under. I mean, I went. I came to EKU. Like I did my undergrad at EKU as a first gen college student, and I got like a full like full ride, like tuition covered and all of that. And like I think I just felt really guilty like if I skipped class I was like oh like the university invested so much in me and I'm just that's interesting I come from especially my first year I had to like balance uh three jobs and so like maybe that mindset was like I was also just extremely busy working and if I didn't have to go to a class that really I could pass so that's interesting Mm -hmm. um but but anyway I, we yes. digress because we've been talking for already like yeah we're gonna be more concise than 30 <laughs> minutes yeah have um, we all right yeah. how much stock do we place in them uh i would say almost like a middle amount i don't place mm-hmm. too much high stock and i don't place too little like i said i think the worst thing you could do is just completely dismiss them i do think though that sometimes it can be place too much emphasis when it does come to those high stakes admin decisions right retention tenure promotion hiring right I think, and why why I think that they shouldn't necessarily be used for administrative decisions, but still be used as important feedback for you to personally grow as a teacher is because they're just so biased. They're extremely biased. It's a well-known problem. It's a problem that's been documented since like the freaking 70s mm-hmm. of like meta-analysis. The, so what, what do I mean by that? There is historically racism. So like the color of your skin matters and has been shown to, uh, influence or predict um student scores on um, student evaluation scores gender attractiveness things such as if um how large the classroom sizes like these factors that really shouldn't matter you think do happen to be playing a role of influencing it probably the most damning it's um grading if students perceive that they're going to get an a in the class that instructor is going to then get a higher score than not. And why is that an issue? You can imagine that you're, I'm not sure we're going to ever li- have an OCHEM instructor listen to this, but like you can imagine <laughs> organic chemistry, right? That's a hard class. By its very nature, it's a hard class, but mm-hmm. they're going to get a lower score than someone who teaches intro psych, right? right. There's just a different level of difficulty there. Maybe mm-hmm. even within like a psychology field, you can have someone who's willing to teach statistics and their students in that course is going to say shitty instructor, right? Like, eh, yeah. didn't really like them. But then that same instructor can be teaching in that same semester social psychology. And suddenly, though, right, exact same teacher, exact same semester, just different course type of difficulty. Yeah. One of their students loves them and says they're the best thing since bread. The other is like, God, this person is awful, yeah. right? And that's hard to navigate. And that's why I'm like, admin decisions, those are so high stakes, I don't feel comfortable, right? Um, There's a self-insert plug, but I'm working with some people in collaboration where one of the papers we're looking at is, or one of the projects I'm working on, hopefully to get published by the end of September, let's start that RTP strong, is looking at um, the reliability and validity of teaching evaluations across nearly 30 years. Oh, cool. And so you can like look at how they're correlated of, because you would imagine that if they're valid or reliable, right? Or just let's say look at basics reliability that you can look at, is it the same teacher or a different teacher, right? 
those types of scores should have no relationship with me, right? How people rate you, Cassie, should have no bearing on how my students rate me, which makes sense, right? Different instructors, different students. But you can look at within the same instructor teaching the exact same course or a different course, right? So this is teaching statistics versus teaching social psych. And why I made the claim that they that they're so different is because in the paper that I'm writing now, the correlation between those two, same teacher at the same time in their career, right? That correlation is almost zero. Yeah. Right? Stu same students at the exact same time just don't agree if you're a good teacher or not. The basics of what I'm saying is the work that hopefully I soon to publish. It's that unless it's the exact same instructor for the exact same course during the exact same semester, and even then that correlation, I think, is like, well, for like psychology is pretty moderate, like a point four. Any other combination of different instructor, different course, or different semester, all those correlations drop to near zero. Like they're just students do not agree with who you are. Like it's so much in that context, right? Which yeah. to me for administration doesn't make sense, right? Because yeah. what they're doing is they're collecting your teaching evaluations across three, four, five years and aggregating it all together. But like how you taught a year ago, like those students wouldn't agree with your students now. And those yeah. students wouldn't agree with who took with you two years ago and three years ago. But in the immediate, right? I think it's good for all this being said, I I don't know. I just there's so many issues with just because a student gives you a five out of five because you they earned an A in your class. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like the type of the feedback is also that they provide is very minimal, right? Great job, exclamation mark. It's like, well, this yeah. isn't really helpful to me. So that's why I place like moderate amount of stock for me. Because I have to recognize that there's a lot of factors that's going on in their mind that's probably influencing their scores. At the end of the day, there's an upper cap, right? Like a lot of psychology classes tend to have like an upper cap on the Likert scale of maxing out. So that's mm -hmm. like that truncated range. Like you're not actually seeing like true variability because most people are like, yeah, four or five, they were good enough. Good enough. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of like, <laughs> yes. like did I get my A and were that's they good true. enough? That's five out true. of five. Yeah. And so I place more merit into if someone's willing to write you a comment. Yeah. I like I well, place more emphasis on those comments, even though that's a smaller sample. That's someone who actually had enough motivation to at least write something to like write a small paragraph to you to say, here's what I think. I also like one of my concerns with like student evaluations too is like, especially like lower classmen, like undergraduates. I'm not sure that they really even have the language to articulate like what makes a class experience like negative. Um, and I feel like the whole language of like student learning objectives and all of that, like students like don't really, and maybe this is like me as an instructor, not doing a good job of like explaining like the purpose of having like learning objectives in a class. Right. But I just feel like for most students, it's like, what you've been saying, like, did I get an okay grade? Like, was the teacher like there during the class period, like good enough? You know, like mm -hmm. students don't really have, yeah, the language to articulate, like what could be improved or not, um, which is like a reason I think it's like so important, not just to like get student evaluations to improve as a teacher, but to like have a peer, right? Like a, a coworker, um, or like someone in your, like your teaching center, like come observe your class and like give you some suggestions for improvement or praise or both. Right. No, yeah. You're already hinting at like, are there other ways to evaluate your teaching beyond just a student evaluation? Yeah. And I think like one of those ways, um, and I think you do this too, like I will ask my students within the semester to like give me feedback. Um, so I don't wait until like the very end of the year to be like, are there any changes like you think I should make? Or like, do you have any suggestions for improvement? Like what's working, what's not working? I know some instructors who like do it after every single class. Um, and I guess there are like pros and cons to that kind of approach. But I typically right. like- There's also a lot of fatigue if you ask every single uh, time. It's like, yeah, not much has yeah. changed since yesterday when I gave you the right. exact same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I tend to do one like around like the middle of the semester- um, and then of course, like the, at the end of the year, but I think like not just waiting until like the very end of the semester to ask for feedback, because like, even if you're asking at the the middle of the semester, maybe like week four or five, 
um, in a 16 week semester, there's still some time to course correct, right? So like if your students like in week four are all like your assignments are super confusing, you know, like that, that signals to you, Hey, I should probably go, <laughs> go check out the instructions that I'm giving to students. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Students definitely structure because sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. here's an open-ended assignment and they're like, What's but what do I do? And I'm like, yeah, just talk about your opinion on my opinion. I'm like, just, just <laughs> reflect. Like, that, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would be an excuse. I'm like, do yeah. it. All right. So just like reflect on what we talked about today. Sure. Can, can you be more specific? What do you mean reflect? Well, I, I like, I don't know how to sometimes apply it. And so like, sometimes I have yeah. to like, write out like, here are some examples of things that might help you reflect, right? We yeah. talked a bit about, and like that helps them. Even though to me, it's like, it's intuitive. Just like, you know, go out, go out and do, go out and think. And they're like, no. It's yeah, hard. go think. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And, and I also think that, you know, in having students do sort of like reflective assignments where they're sure evaluating you, giving you some feedback, it's also really useful to have them like evaluate themselves and their their own performance, which is a big part of, I think, the way that both of us have a, an approached ungrading in our classes. It's like mm-hmm. self-reflection is a really, really critical part of our pedagogy and those courses where we use yeah. ungrading, um, right? Evaluate yourself. What would you give yourself on this assignment? <laughs> you know, that sort of that sort of thing. And I also find that like building in like evaluations of your teaching into like course assignments that you give to students, like helps to get more feedback from students. So another issue and like the validity, I think, of of course evals is that, you know, you can't require students to do the ones at the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the sample size for those is notoriously low, right? Like you get the students who are like, usually who got like a really good grade and had a great experience in the class or the students who absolutely hated you. So like, you're only really, I feel like capturing the extremes in those situations, or at least for most classes. Um, And so like having like a a self-reflection assignment where they're reflecting on their own performance and also your performance um, as an assignment in the class, like ensure it's like, you're getting some kind of like feedback from students who are like more in the middle. Yeah, and I believe there's some work of, because it is notoriously low, right, of um, student response rate, that there's some work looking at, like, students who would naturally, like, provide feedback, and the other teachers who have implemented, like, if you provide feedback and show me proof, right, not of your answers, mm-hmm. but, like, a record that you've done, it, I'll give you extra credit. Or, like, if X amount of people do it, we're going to have, like, a pizza or donut pizza party. party. Yeah. yeah. Which I've seen sometimes. And so... Even because you're asking for more people to do it, now they're doing it for the incentive. And so like, as they're filling it out, they're not even, they're not like sitting down at this survey and be like, mm, a four or a five, what does yeah. a four mean to me? Like yeah. usually there's like, click, 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 continue. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. their motivations really aren't there to provide feedback. They're there to just get through it and show some documentation. Yeah. I often like tell my students this of like, all right, here's like a final chance to like do your feedback. Like here's a QR card and link on like my slides, right? And then I give like a little spiel about like, oh, you know, I'm going to read them. You know, we all know that they're a bit biased. Um, and then I always tell them like, and you know, sometimes like it's been shown like students can kind of like be bought off with their feedback. And so then I'll pull out like behind a desk, like a donut box. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> bribing anybody here. And I'm, and I'm being genuine. I'm like, I want your honest yeah. feedback. But also for anyone who wants Here's donuts. Here's a donut. I love that. I love that. And I found out that that doesn't work too well. Why? Because like most students don't like donuts. That's what I've learned. I tried it in three different classes. And like what? less I than a quarter of the, less than like a quarter of the students will actually get a donut. And I'm like, I spent That's money on this, y'all. And I'm like, oh. And, and then like, you just have a gazillion donuts to eat. Yeah. And after I go to the office, I'm like, all right, admin. Here you go. <sighs> yeah. Well, we've been uh, we've been talking for a good amount of time. I think I have just like one more kind of question that I'm curious your response to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I once heard someone say that if you get course evaluations that are overwhelmingly good, overwhelmingly positive, right? Your students are like rating you like five out of five. Like all your comments are like this class changed my life. Like what a great experience, blah, blah, blah. That that's actually a bad thing. Um, and like might signal that your class needs some work because it might lack rigor. What do you think about so that? So to clarify, the, what you heard was 
if your students are giving you high ratings, you're doing something wrong. Yes. Is that like a, a like if you get you just tell the advice you got? Right. Yeah. So like <laughs> if if your if your course evaluations don't have like any negative comments, like let's say you know you teach social psych this semester, you get your course evals back at the end of December, and all your students were like, "I loved the assignments. I loved Dr. Miranda. Like this class was so great. Five out of five on everything." You're really testing my imagination here, Cassie. That's hard. <laughs> Um, I would say that falls into like a heuristic, which goes against what I believed earlier, which is feedback should be taken with deep reflection, right? If the person poorly said that there's always areas of improvement, right? And if people aren't noting that, a valid statement to say is that there's always room for work and there are always areas of improvement. So I would agree if the person just said that. I think it's wrong to then say, but if you're not seeing your students noting these areas of improvement, you're doing something wrong. Like, no, because your students might love you and you might be doing awesome for that class. And like you said, maybe not all students are going to recognize like the nuances or things like things that you might notice of like, oh God, I definitely for the next time teach need to improve the design. Students just may not be savvy to like course design or backwards learning or what you recognize as like, oh, I could have implemented this learning outcome even better, right? Like it's great, but it could be even better. They just don't have that knowledge, and that's fine. We wouldn't expect them to, right? You could have seen behind the scenes of you tried a new project, right? And to them on their end, they thought it went flawless. And for you, you're like, it was a logistics nightmare, <laughs> right? Right. But like, yeah, it's silly to say you need to expect negative feedback from them. Going back to your question, Cassie, of does, if your students like you, do you lack rigor? I think it's such like a tired theme in academia, Right. Because like it's similar to conversations to ungrading. It's very similar to like there's a there must be a trade-off. And I don't agree with like, this idea, like there must be a trade-off between being well liked, being personable, engaging your students, caring about your students. And it's like, oh, it's always opposed to having standards. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, my students don't like me. Right. My students hate me. My stu- a lot of my students fail, but it's just because I have standards. I think that's such a lame thing to fall back on. All the time, right? Like those are not polar opposites of one. Those are two independent things. You can have standards and engage your students. You can have standards, right? You can actually have a difficult class. And your students report, it was a good experience. I liked it, right? Maybe they'll give you a lower score than if they had an easier class. But like I teach statistics, right? I often get the feedback like stats is hard. Like they'll, they'll make a distinction between like statistics is really hard. And I didn't really necessarily enjoy the course. But I learned something. And to me, yeah. like those are like my favorite types of comments where it's not necessarily as much as I love blowing up my ego and saying, <laughs> you know, you're so funny, Jacob. You're so amazing, Jacob. No, that's, you know, they never say that. Um, although, to be sure fair, one do. of the best comments I got was when I was teeing in Texas and they said uh, I was a teaching wizard. Wow. And I was like, what? They're like, you made learning magical. And I was like, that is such a, oh, thank you for building up my ego, right? And then I saw a negative comment and then it was all ruined. I'm like, oh, (laughs) horrible teaching wizard. But like having that type of feedback of, I actually learned some, for me, it's always about, did you take something after this class? I learned something Mm -hmm. practical. I used something for my life. One thing is going to last, and that's all I ever was. Is there at least one thing that they can take away? And when they share that with me, like those are like my favorite types. Absolutely. How about you, Cass? I'm always kind of curious. Like, do you have any like evaluations that stood with you, good or bad, where you're just like this major day, or you're like, what the? Oh, I mean, I don't think I can like quote um, any directly. I don't think I've ever close had... out a word document. <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me pull up my teaching dossier. I don't think I could do this but here's a two-page comment I got I mean it definitely one thing and I know we've talked about this is like when students <laughs> leave you comments that are positive where they're like you know this instructor was like my favorite teacher I've ever had at this school like no one has ever treated me with like so much respect and <laughs> it's like who has like what have people been doing to you in your classes goodness those make me um, sad they're like yeah they treated me like a human being before and I'm like heartbreaking I'm like what the hell <laughs> like, yeah no I mean I've definitely gotten comments though that like make me teary-eyed um good and bad, <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> you know where um 
students are like, you know, she's changed my life and I've like learned so much and I'll always remember this class, um, like those sorts of things. Um, I think the ones like where people say that they didn't think I was funny, those maybe like cut to the bone the deepest. Um, uh, you know, the ones like, that students... you know aren't relevant whatsoever, doesn't yeah, speak to you as a teacher, but somehow it's like a personal attack. Like you as yeah. a human being, you are not funny. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, like, first of all, you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, but but I mean students can be lovely and so wonderful sometimes but they can also be kind of kind of brutal see for me if like they say I'm not funny I'm like eh. I think the worst comment that frustrates me and this is just like a, a tip that or what like what I do to like process their comments I read it once to experience the emotions and then I read it a second time like after some time has passed mm-hmm. to like really like more look at like the feedback and saying like what can I incorporate because I'll feel all the emotions at first I'll feel happy I'll feel sad um yeah and I'm not really like in the mind of like hmm how can I improve my pedagogy uh, yeah. but the ones that like irritate me both times I read it are feedback where they're like um he didn't do x and like for a fact like I know I did right oh yeah right like he yeah. didn't ask uh, he did not provide or one of the most responses uh commenting about like how I do not provide enough uh any time in class for discussion and I'm like 15 to 20 minutes of our 50 minute lecture is open to the class for discussion mm-hmm. I'm like and like those like boggle the mind I'm like what do you mean like I want to go to them like what do you mean yeah. right like it's like I wish Cassie showed any videos and you like you know you play at least two videos I'm not saying that you do right but like as an right, example of, like right, right. you know you do something and yeah. the, their critique is you don't do what you know for a hundred and ten percent fact. And yeah. you, I don't know. I'm like, have you gone to class? Have you sh- yeah. have you shown up or, to any of the lectures? And then that same vein, it's like, I mean, going back to like the conflicting messages you sometimes get from students, where like students will be like, I loved ungrading, it helped me learn so much. And then some students will be like, Oh, I hated ungrading, I didn't learn anything in this class. And it's like, really? Like you didn't learn a single thing in this class, a single thing. <sighs> I had a colleague who just told me uh, a colleague a day ago, two days ago, who uh, told me that exact story that apparently she's a cognitive psychology instructor. Mm-hmm. A student came to her at the end of the semester and it's like, I just want you to learn. I learned absolutely nothing in your course and then walked away. And she and I were talking, she's like, who does that? Well, comes up to your instructor just to tell them that. And I'm like, I don't know. that would destroy me. I mean, like, that would destroy me too. Why would you? <laughs> we need to have a podcast dedicated just for students or student listeners. I'm like, don't do this to your instructor. Here's what not yeah, to do to yeah, destroy your instructor. Student yes. etiquette. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to have an episode sometime where we like had, obviously they would be students that love us, but we had like students on the podcast to like kind of talk about something with the student perspective. A student-led podcast where they're just like, "Yeah, remember that." One we time invite you... we invite that student. <laughs> remember that one time you made us murder worms, Jacob? I'm like, let's not talk about <laughs> yeah. the past. Oh gosh! All right, Cassie, we've had our talk. We're trying to be a bit more mindful. I think we still went a little extra time. What would you say is like a takeaway? So, like, if someone, right? I always try to end it in this way, but like, if a teacher were listening, instructor, an early career researcher, and they're saying they're talking about student evaluations of teachers. What should they leave with? Like, what would um, be your like minute of saying? Here's what you 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 want instructors to take away. Okay, I think I have a a couple of points. Um, one of them is that they are important, but they are not the only metric of how good of a teacher you are. Um, and it's important to to keep that in mind. And it's important to seek out, I think, constructive feedback from different modalities, right? Like maybe that is like asking your students after you give a lecture for the first time, like what they thought about it. Or maybe it is like one of those self-reflection assignments that we talked about, course reflection assignments. Maybe it's like having, you know, one of your, your coworkers, a more experienced teacher come observe your class and give you some feedback, um, right? So teaching evaluations are important but they're not like the be all end all. Um, And then the second piece of advice or like the second takeaway I think is like, try not to take it so seriously when you don't have to. Laugh at it if you can. 
uh, right? Take it all kind of with a grain of salt um, and, and be gentle with yourself and kind with yourself, especially if you are someone who doesn't have a whole lot of teaching experience under your belt. I would concur. And like I would say, I'd probably say my takeaway message is always remember that having standards and the student evaluations themselves, right, being liked and engaged students are two different dimensions, right? And yeah. that being said, like, I hate the advice that, like, if all your students love you, you're doing something wrong. Good word, right? Like, that just seems, like, so extra to, like, be shocking for the sake of shocking. Um, right. And if that's, like, advice they're giving, they should probably stop, in my opinion. The other thing I would say, and you said a lot of good points being kind to yourself, and the, the, is I think it's actually, like, pretty good to feel those emotions, right? So, like, my advice would probably, like, separate that out, right? Give your time to experience the emotions, and then give yourself time to actually like come back to it and say like, what can I take away from this? And knowing what you can take away. I would argue that one of the best things you can do is take each course evaluation of as its own and deeply engage and reflect with those feedbacks at that time. I think that for me, it might be a mistake to see like, what are like the big, 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 like if you're looking across five years, I feel like those students probably wouldn't agree with each other very much. And so sometimes I think it might be a silly endeavor to connect what teaching evaluations you're getting now to the ones you received three or four years ago. But if the teaching evaluation is happening now in the present and you're about to teach a course again, I think that's probably when it's most useful. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but like, I think like in the here and now, but like, don't let yourself get boggled up in like a five years. I have a liquid scale of a 4.2. Aren't I amazing? Right. That's less helpful. I think to anybody, like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I know. I think that's all like very solid advice. Um, some good takeaways. All right. I I think that's that's it for today. Whoop, whoop. Um, when you're hearing this, it will be sometime in early September, September. mid-September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully all of you are having a wonderful fall semester so far. Um, and we will see you very, very soon. See you, see you. Bye. <laughs> Hey again, we want to thank you once more for listening to Two Random Weirdos. If you want to listen to us ramble some more, we'll be posting episodes bi-weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts at. If you want to get in touch with us, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, or X, and Instagram with the handle at CorruptYouthPod. Or feel free to email us at CorruptingTheYouthPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and helping us spread the corruption. Bye. Bye.